Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Three and Out, where we discuss the three biggest topics in Carolina Panthers football, and then we're out. I'm your host, Jordan Rodrigue, Panthers beat writer for the Charlotte Observer. Let's get going. Hey guys, uh, Jordan Rodrigue here. I'm sitting in the media room, in, uh, an empty Bank of America media room here with Joe Person, uh, my beat partner on uh, the Panthers beat for the Charlotte Observer. Joe and I just got done watching and recording our thoughts from day one of Carolina Panthers mini camp. Obviously, this is mandatory. And notably today, we had some updates on the Michael Orr situation. Joe's been covering this from the beginning. So, uh, Joe, what, what kind of happened? What went on today? Well, he showed up in town, which was a good start. As you know, he was sort of incommunicado with the organization for the better part of two months, dating to March. And, uh, and so he was here, uh, the, the team telling us that he met with doctors today or was scheduled to meet with doctors today, being Tuesday. And uh, and that's about all we know. You you and mm-hmm. I both you and I both asked Ron Rivera about him after practice. Mm-hmm. Ron was not really wanting to share a lot of information. I, I I I would caution folks from reading too much into this. I my feeling, the sense I get is still that I, I just think we've seen the last of Michael Orr in a Panthers uniform, and maybe in any type of uniform. But uh, if he's going to qualify for some of these injury benefits, uh, which he should, he had to get over here at Mm -hmm. some point and be seen by the Panthers doctors. Yeah, and I think you brought up a good point earlier when we were talking about it is there's a huge difference in showing up and being helmet in hand, Mm -hmm. ready to go and walk out onto the field and and being kind of uh, sight unseen, hustled into the the stadium without anybody knowing right. until it breaks like as we're all on the field mm-hmm. you know what I mean so there's, exactly. a, there's a big difference yeah I mean I hope look, look I, I wrote this column Sunday and I know you were a good guide for me on that as well I, I, I we all want what's best for Michael or I, I think the Panthers do he, he's had a rough nine-month stretch here mm-hmm. it's it's you know he's had legal issues back in Nashville or allegedly assaulting the Uber drive you, you don't want to see that happen to anyone and and you just hope that he gets himself healthy first of all and uh you know th- this other thing you know the, the panthers it, it sure and you and i've talked about this it sure feels like they've already begun the process of mm-hmm. moving on they have begun it. i mean they drafted taylor moten they gave matt khalil a whole bunch of money I think they they just want to make sure they do right by Michael Orr. Yeah, which I think is is probably p- pretty much the best case scenario that that people can hope for in terms of Michael as a person mm-hmm. is just that he's healthy and he and uh, the the team that he had played for does right by him, which I think they will. I think they will make every every effort to try and, and make sure that he um, is taken care of the best in the best possible manner that that they can. Um, but it was interesting because, you know, when we talked to Ron, he hadn't seen him yet, and, and the team hadn't talked to him since a visit from Dave Gettleman on May 5th. Right. So this was really their their reintroduction to him and, and seeing how he's doing, really how he's doing, how he looks physically, um, obviously going through 
with the doctors and and let's not forget i mean michael he's still in the concussion protocol as of our last conversation Mm -hmm. with ron rivera and dave gettleman right yeah there's so many layers to this Mm -hmm. uh and 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 listen the financial piece is a part of it there's Mm -hmm. no question about it and michael Orr isn't going to retire and walk away from uh some guaranteed money that's just not going to happen no player would do that nor should they uh, for the risk that they take mm-hmm. in, in this sport, uh, and so uh, you know, I, I, so so then at some point there's a three-step process in terms of qualifying for that that injury uh, security benefit, and you can't have played week 16 or week 17, which of course he didn't. Uh, you have to have some documented uh, history of the injury, which, as I said, there was sort of this two-month gap that I think that they had to get taken care of. Mm-hmm. And then you have to fail your physical. And I don't think that, and it's the, they call it the preseason physical, so I don't think that's anything that would be taking place this week. That feels like something that would be more like July. Mm-hmm. So so this may drag on another couple of months if, if, you know, if they're going to go and he's going to seek, as he should, that, uh, that injury security benefit. So that's all happening in the stadium in the you know in the bowels of the stadium and you and me are out at the practice field right. tweeting our tweeting our little fingers off <laughs> trying to trying to figure right. out what the heck's going on and uh text you know texting whoever we can to try and figure out what the heck's going on you're on the phone and then we're also you know trying to watch practice right right so, <laughs> so as we're watching practice we see some some really great things as usual it seems like this is a just a common, a weekly thing where we're writing about Russell Shepard. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. I mean, we knew when he came in, um, speaking to some of our our friends in Tampa Bay mm-hmm. that covered Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we knew he's an up, up-and-comer. We knew he was ready to break free. He just had to be in the right situation, and he lends that special teams ability that is really something the Panthers really like in a player. Um, but he's really been showing a lot, and he made a really impressive catch um, against Shaq Thompson in coverage, the guy who I wrote about all last week as the secret weapon. <laughs> <laughs> the secret's out. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, oh, Shaq, why you got to do me like that? Uh, yeah, but, yeah, so he made, a, he made a great catch against him today. Derek Anderson threw him a slick little pass. But what Russell Shepard did on that that I liked a lot was against Shaq, who has this knack for kind of um, just enveloping a guy in mm-hmm. coverage. Russell Shepard actually widened his window, which is something the Panthers have been really looking for in a slot receiver. So I think nice. he's he's pretty exciting. Yeah, he is, and and I know you've been you've been really kind of uh, keeping a close eye on him for the last few weeks, Russell Shepard. In, in addition to Shaq, uh, what was interesting to me too is uh, is is they brought in those two free agent receivers mm-hmm. and Charles Johnson, part two. Uh, <laughs> Little Charles. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we haven't seen much of him at all except on the exercise bike. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so after practice today, we asked Rivera about Charles Johnson, and he was very uh, guarded and mm-hmm. basically said, hey, it's not the middle of the season. I don't have to do an injury report. I'm not going to tell you what's going on. So, uh, yeah, I, I just bring that up as, as, as a way of saying that while Russell has really kind of taken this opportunity by the horns, uh, Charles Johnson Part Two has not really had the mm-hmm. opportunity to yet. I, I mean, it, it may be he's got a minor injury and they're just being precautious mm-hmm. or, or cautious. And uh, 
but but I guess we need to kind of keep digging on that and see what's going on with Charles Johnson. Yeah, and the thing is about him is we'd heard such great things about his speed, mm-hmm. not just his flat line speed, but his game speed. We'd heard really great things about him um, coming over from Minnesota and mm-hmm. about how he really could make a difference in the slot. So I, I do hope for, for his sake, you know, he's only on a, what is it, a one-year contract. Right. So I do hope for his sake that he gets an opportunity to really show it because the Panthers, I mean, they just did the same thing again today with adding Cameron Posey, the little slot guy out of Purdue. They they are stock, or they're stacking the, the receivers room with specifically with slot receivers. Yeah, I mean, pretty right. much all the guys that they've brought in have the ability to play in the slot, which I think is really interesting. And the guy who's in the room that might play the biggest role in the success or failure of the slot receivers is Jericho Cotri. Yes. And it's a guy Absolutely. that I don't think you and I have done enough on. I know I haven't done enough on him. Uh, he comes back. Uh, he, he was their slot receiver, of course, uh, a couple seasons, including the Super Bowl year. And he's back in that room now. And I think they really needed someone like him after mm-hmm. having lost Ricky Prohl. Uh, they feel very good about Lance Taylor, of course, coming back to the organization in the role of receivers coach, the, the head receivers coach. But Jericho Cotri is really <laughs> – his role was get us uh, and develop us mm-hmm. a slot receiver. And so it'll be interesting to see his impact on these guys that you just mentioned mm-hmm. as, as we go forward. Yeah, and just a couple more quick observations before we get to the number one himself – Cam Newton. Um, so Cornelder missed a huge bulk of, of OTAs. Uh, he had told me during rookie minicamp that he had a little tendonitis in his knee that he's had for a long while, and, and I would think the Panthers wouldn't want to rush him on that. I don't know if it's the same thing that held him out of um, OTAs, but he did mention that to me at, at rookie minicamp, um, and now we're finally seeing him back on the field. And Daryl Worley mentioned something interesting to me about him today about how Korn is going to do the same thing the captain's doing. He's going to compete on the outside, which is it tickles me to death because he's these two little guys with these huge personalities, yeah. and they're mirror images of each other. One's just you know a savvy vet, and the other one's a rookie. They have pretty much the same personality, and they, they look the same on film. They're both slot guys who don't want to be labeled as a slot guy, right. and they, they're expected to go compete and add some depth on the outside. So I thought that was interesting, and Korn... Elder is back, um, and we also saw, you know, your guy Daryl Williams, who's who's ready to step in at that starting right tackle spot should he have to. Yeah, I I like kind of focusing on guys who sort of get lost in the shuffle. Mm-hmm. I just I like you know I'm a big one double A football guy. I like guys who you know, like Bradbury's story fascinates mm-hmm. me, and and Daryl Williams to me right now is that guy. I mean. We anytime we talk or write about the right tackle position, it is either about Taylor Moten mm-hmm. and how good he looks, how smart he is, and how how much potential he has, or it's about Michael Orr, which we spent the first four minutes today talking about Michael. And Lawson shuffles Daryl Williams, and and he, oh by the way, started eight or ten games last year at right tackle. And he feels like it's his position to lose. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he told me today that I, you know, I ended the year as the starter, of course. So I think it's going to take some time for Moten to develop. Mm-hmm. So it would not shock me at all if week one in San Francisco, it, it's Darrell Williams, number 60, a right tackle. 
and then it's uh, incumbent on him to keep it. Yeah. Uh, and, and that that's you know, he has to get better. Yeah. I mean, he 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 did not play at you know a super level last year, but nor was he a complete flop either. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, this was not. Uh, D- David Foucault out there, who I think I think may have been gone by the time. Yeah, he but came oh, up. I knew of him. Yeah. <laughs> poor, yeah. poor David. He he well, he's gone back to Canada, and we're still kind of making fun of him. So it's interesting that you say that too, because I I completely agree with you. I think it's Daryl's job to lose, but also I get a lot so many questions about Taylor Moden, and do you think he's going to be the day one starter well I think he's gonna he's gonna help light that fire not that Daryl needs it but he's gonna help continue lighting that fire under his butt to to make sure that he's continuing to to be the right tackle that he needs to be right and and if even if we don't see Taylor Moten week one starting right tackle I think ultimately he is the guy that the Panthers are investing a a large chunk of their future into uh, to protect the one the only Cameron Newton Cameron Jewel Newton. Cameron Jewel Newton, yeah, who did not throw today, to be clear. Yes. <laughs> as if that wasn't has as if that hasn't been confusing enough over right. the past several days. Um, no, Cam did not throw today. He was out there hollering and screaming and and doing his Cam talk thing and walked into camp with Julius Peppers, um, which was exciting because I've actually I hadn't seen Julius Peppers in person yet because right. he's he's you know media shy so we haven't mm-hmm. seen him in person. And I knew he was huge, and I've seen him on film, and I know he's just bigger than everybody else. And you guys have all told, well, you just wait. He's bigger than everybody else. Right. You'll see him from a mile away. And him, watching him, he even towers over Cam, who's a huge person. Right. And I just I just thought that was – it tickled me to death. I'm like, man, this guy, they, they, nobody was lying to me. They no. were maybe under, under-exaggerating. <laughs> it's funny. I had this conversation with somebody recently that f- – f- We've all been around athletes, are you know, since we've gotten in this profession, and a lot of even NFL players, you know, if you bump into them at Target or Harris Teeter or your local watering hole, that you're you're not like, oh my gosh, look at the size. It's not like going into an NBA locker room. Yeah, I mean those guys, <laughs> those guys sort of can make your jaw drop with the size and how tall they are. Well, Julius Peppers kind of gets you to—he gets you to stop what you're doing and yeah. pay attention. I mean, he's that big, and 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 he is a basketball player, or was. So, so we shouldn't be surprised. So, but good to get him back out there. I, I was—I think we were all sort of a little disappointed that we weren't able to watch Cam throw, and, yeah. and and apparently won't be able to watch him throw this week. But all the reports seem to be. I talked to Greg Olson about this today. And he says, look, we got more things to worry about as an offense and as a football team than whether Cam's going to be ready for Spartanburg. He's going to be ready, in the words of Greg Olson. And I, I tend to think he's right. I tend to think Greg Olson's right about most things. <laughs> so <laughs> Exactly. Well, guys, thanks for tuning in to 3 and Out. Uh, thanks to Joe Person for taking the time out of uh, both of our kind of insane next three-day schedule here. Um, Tune back in tomorrow and the next day because we'll have some more updates for y'all. Thanks for listening.